do 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 Here we go. My name is Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is uh, episode number 342. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show... Todd, before you do that, yeah. it is so loud in right. my ears. Not in my ears. Is that me? Okay. Better? Better. My goodness. All that right. was a loud opening. On today's show... Yes. Oh, we're going to talk about creating beautiful things. And I was going to say uh, creating beautiful things. That sounds lovely. Thank you. Um, pro versus anti. Well, L- that's what language. we're doing, but we're not going to talk about it in pro versus anti. We're going to talk about it through creating beautiful things. Well, other than the fact that Mother Teresa's quote, sweetie. Oh, let's hear it. I was once asked why I don't participate in anti-war demonstrations. I said that I will never do that, but as soon as you have a pro-peace rally, I'll be there. Ah, nice. I like it. So we're going to talk a little bit about language. Okay. Right? Language. Yes. I you like okay that. With that. Yes. Language. So, and then we might get to a listener's questions and maybe. Are there listener questions? Uh, yeah. Okay. There is. All right. Um, so I will start by saying that I wrote a blog last Friday night late. And what I was writing about was um, the Beatles. I was listening to the Beatles uh, kind of randomly. And Todd had just been telling me like a few days prior to me listening to the Beatles that was it you who told me that yeah, when the Billy Beatles... Joel was being interviewed by Alec Baldwin and, okay. and Billy was talking about um, how uh, when he was a young adult, uh, how the whole country fell into this depression after JFK. Oh, not the whole, a lot of people in the country fell into depression after JFK was assassinated. assassinated. Well, put it this way. There was a tone in the country, regardless of, you know, what was going on. There was a tone. And the energy was low and everything else. And that happened in November of 63, I think, or 62, I forget which one. And then five months later, the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan's. And woke, it was actually two months later. Was it two I looked months? it up. Mm-hmm. And woke everybody up. So this, because this happened in November and they were on Ed Sullivan in February. So maybe more like three. Okay. Doesn't matter. Regardless, yes. the Beatles showed is up. Is it regardless or is it irregardless? Yeah, it's, it's both. Do you know there's no difference between those two words? Really? Yeah, that's messed up. Kind of like gray and gray. Exactly. Remember? Like last week's show. G-R-A-Y-G-R-E-Y. But no, two weeks ago show. Okay. So... They came along and brought their art and brought their sound and it reconnected everybody. And I was just thinking about how art is so powerful that way, that when we are using our that part of our brain, that right part of our brain to go beyond thinking and to focus most on feeling, everyone can relate mm-hmm. because where we get really hung up is on my belief system, your belief system, I'm right, you're wrong. That's all thinking. But when you really get down to it, everything is about how we feel. And art is what allows us to connect in that way. Like, you know, I'm always curious. I I love stories about, um, you know, how a band came about and how they like completely changed the shape of music. Like when Nirvana came out and how it was just time for Nirvana to come out. And when I say that, I don't even know what that means. It just, it was like a, they like came through a door at the right time where everybody just like held on to that music. So in other words, if they wouldn't have, uh, 
if they would have come out, say, 10 years earlier, nobody was ready for what it is that they had. Or if it would have been at a different time in history, people may not have, like, latched onto it the way they did. That was my sophomore year in college, I believe. And again, I don't even have the words to explain. For those of you who are huge Nirvana fans, you may say, well, this was it, and this was it, and it had a lot to do with the sound going on in Seattle and, you know, all of this, um, you know, would you call it angsty? I mean, how yeah. old were that? How old were they at the time? Early twenties. Oh, early twenties. Yeah. So there was just this voice that needed to be heard, and I kind of feel like um, that can come through music, which is one of the ways that I found find a lot of solace is by listening to music, um, old music, new music, other people's music. Meaning, I like to find that common um, that connection. Right. But it also comes through poetry. Um, it comes through beautiful works of uh, literature, if it be a fictional story or new nonfiction information about people, which tends to be where I go is, you know, the new research um, focusing on how people relate and connect to each other and neurobiology and all that kind of stuff. Mindfulness. It's so interesting to me because what it does is it just reminds me and, I, and I'm I'm laughing not at us, but like kind of in spite of us, like, we're just all the same. Same, we're just, same. We're just all in this together. We're just all connected. And and we're all just trying to get the same kind of needs met. And really, it just comes down to being able to hear. And I think art helps us hear. Like this? Remember where you were, sweetie. I'm looking at the video right now on YouTube, and I think Kurt was in a bad mood this day. Oh, really? And he just—it's just an interesting video because all the kids are sitting in the bleachers. on the bleachers, mm -hmm. and then they all go nuts. And I, I don't know—it's just a very interesting video. Did did they talk about that in the um, documentary? I don't or, remember. I don't remember where I heard it. I but think Kurt's just being Kurt. Yeah, Kurt wasn't into this scene. No, Kurt wanted to play his music. Yeah. And, of course, he wanted to reach people and connect to them because he felt his own pain. He didn't know what he signed up for. He had no idea what this whole fame thing was going to be about. It's definitely an anthem of our generation. See, and you talk about art. Um, you know, I'm in a different state right now after listening to 60 seconds of that song. I know. Well, that's it's what, powerful. That's what I'm trying to say. I started reading some uh, Mary Oliver poetry mm -hmm. the other day. Completely transformational. Yeah. Even if it's momentary, I'll take the moment. Yeah. You know, read about nature. Read about something that's helpful to your psyche. Um Read about people that are different than you right. and their experience. Um, look at artwork. Look at pictures. Mm -hmm. You know, we were we were just with a friend who paints. You know, she does um, what's it called oils and how that makes her feel and how that's connected her to this deeper part of herself. And and you know, those of you who do simple things like and when I'm saying simple, they're not simple necessarily to do, but like drawings and cartoons and these are the way that we express our feelings. Well, and I'll throw one more. At you. We're going to interview a woman who wrote a book on Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. and a lot. It talks about the background of Alzheimer's and what it is and what it does to your brain. But there's also a bunch of things in there about therapy. And one of the major parts of the book is if you have somebody struggling with Alzheimer's, what you do is you encourage them to draw and do some things yes. that hits a different part of your brain than the logical and practical part of the brain which we use on a day to day basis, and it can wake somebody up 
through, you know, they'll be comatose. And then you put a paintbrush in their hands with some paint and then they will all of a sudden wake up. Think about your brain as like this, like this energy that's kind of always like on a low, you know, like there's always something vibrating in there. There's a lot of electricity going on in there, but you have to stimulate it. You have to start it. You have to start it up. You have to reconnect to those parts. And that's the thing. That's, that's what this show is all about is that is those choices that practice because we can go down Mm -hmm. the most typical knowledge-based path and just fight. We could. Yeah. It's always that's, an option. That's us working at a certain frequency. That's a very low and level. And what you're saying is let's turn up our frequency a little bit. Please. Through art. Yes. And, you know, there's this great book that um, that Todd and I both love. And I actually used this book in my college classroom last year. And I was able to see this author about a month ago. Her name is L. Luna. And she wrote a book called The Crossroads mm. of Should and Must. So I will say that again. Her name is L. Luna, and she wrote The Crossroads of Should and Must. And it says, find and follow your passion. That's the, that's the second uh, title to it. So what that book is, is her diving back into the world of art, which is where she really belonged all along. Yeah. But she got, you know, her should was I should go into business and I should do this kind of work and I should make sure I'm safe. And then she has a great story because she basically had a dream one day about being in a white room. Yeah. And that was the only, that was all she could get from it. It's yeah. like, what is this? And eventually through, you know, her own story, she can share with you if you get the book, she finds this white room and she starts painting and she starts expressing. And guess what? She starts living. Mm -hmm. She starts connecting. She starts finding herself. So for those of you that feel like you're not connected to the best part of yourself right now, you're just really, um, you're stuck. Maybe you're in fight or flight. Um, I recommend getting out your crayons. Do not make this a thing about I'm not a great artist and I'm not better than this person or why bother if I can't sell it. This has nothing to do with career and this has nothing to do with what other people think of your art. This is about a way to channel feelings so you can see them for yourself, experience them for yourself, and maybe release some of them. Mm. Not all of artwork, you know, I, I said we're talking about in the show is creating something beautiful. Right. Sometimes you need to get out the dark stuff first. Yeah. Sometimes the dark stuff needs to find a place. Um, aside from painting, like I was thinking if you play an instrument or you have an instrument in your house, like if that's that's part of art. Yes. Um, or even, this isn't necessarily art, but just the art of journaling. And oh, if it's you have definitely all, an art. If you have all these dark things that are going on because you're worried or fearful about certain things that are going on in this world, write them all down. Get right. them out. Let it. Let the process go through. And remember, there's this balance of that release is essential, but then you have to come back to what works. So if you take journaling and all you do is just write out heavy, 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 heavy stuff all day long, then you're not rounding it with what does work. Like I try to, um, I do something called morning pages, um, where it's, if for those of you who have read the artist's way, you know what this is, Julia Cameron writes about this. And the first step in being an artist, and let me be very clear, Every single person is an artist. The artist's way is not about someone who just has a studio with paintbrushes. Every single person has an artist's mind. The reason I know this is because we all have the ability to be creative. That, by definition, is being an artist. So don't get stuck in the, that's not who I am, I don't have that part of the brain. Untrue. Completely untrue. The first step 
in understanding your artistic ability is being able to the thing about morning pages is you just write and write and write and start to get kind of a stream of consciousness going where you start to release and open up parts of yourself so then you can express artistically. Morning pages can be thought of as kind of a, a release or a journaling, but they can also be thought of as like opening a door to your creative senses. Um, and I find them very helpful when I'm stuck. I find them very helpful when I'm afraid because like Todd said, it helps me get all of that out. But there's this really weird thing that happens, Todd. When you start writing to yourself mm -hmm. or you just start writing with no need to worry about grammar and narrative, yeah. you it almost start writing, talking to yourself as if there's somebody else there. Mm -hmm. You'll, you know, things like, well, you know, you didn't, don't need to worry about that and you know, you're safe and you know, it's like, you recognize how there is this place in you, this part of you that's always there. Yeah. And you can call it whatever you want. You can call it the place of love. You can call it soul. You can call it spirit. You can call it God. You can call it your connection to everything where you realize that place is always there. But if you are stuck in fear, just by definition, that word stuck, it's harder to access. So you've got to create doors. Well, and when you say art, it kind of, art gives... A, gives me a certain energy and not a good one because I, I don't think of myself as an artistic person. You can say, oh, you are, but there's a part of me like I don't feel that way. Um, but really, I feel like what in this example, art is really creation. Well, it is. And the thing is, is I'm trying to help redefine the word art. So yeah. instead of throwing it out, right. I would like to expand yes. it. You know, instead of saying, let's not use that word, art. And I don't want you to, I'm not trying to say, let's pick a different word. Okay. I'm trying to give you my feelings when I of think of art. Word, so yeah. really the way I, the word that popped into my brain as you're talking about art is anything creative, right? whether it's your journaling, in your book that nobody's ever written these set of words in a row up right. until just now. That's a creation that didn't exist before. You play the piano, even if you're bad at it, you're creating music, Correct. whatever it is. So. Creation and, and thus is art. Mm -hmm. You know, like you are finding a different medium of expression than just knowledge-based words. Right. And again, it's the other words, side of the brain we're talking about. It is. And and I I really I I'll pull back on that a little and say sometimes it's about it um offering poetry, like mm. saying the poetry. Sometimes it's, you know, things like open mic nights and comedy. Oh my gosh, I love stand-up comedy. Yeah. I believe comedy to be such a work of art. Yeah. I, I love people's biogra biographies and I love reading about stand-up comedians and how they do their work right. and how it is their art. Actors and actresses, you know, how they do their art. Slam poets, you know, people who express themselves through these mediums where people can actually hear it rather than being defensive about it. Well, and not to kind of let our listeners off the hook, but if you, for whatever reason, aren't feeling inspired to create your own, maybe it is you pick, you get a book of poetry at the library or whatever yes. it is, and then maybe that will start the process for you. If you can't start writing poetry, maybe you go get a book or get online. Absolutely. It, if if sitting down and writing something or drawing something brings no like jolt to your system, Use someone else's work. Read mm. someone else's work. Read um, a piece of Mary Oliver's poetry in the morning or Walt Whitman or someone who really inspires you. Mm. Uh, or maybe go find a book of the best poetry and find someone you've never even heard of. Yeah. I tend to read Mark Nepo's poetry all the time. I love – and, you know, I like I said, I – um, read Mary Oliver's a lot just because it's so connected to nature, which is, again, taking us back 
really far to where who we truly are, mm-hmm. which is our connection to the earth. Right. Um, but sometimes we just need to get ourselves out of that that fear place, yeah. you know. And the best way to do that is to practice a different part of your brain. Right. You know, it really is no different than anything we've ever said on this show. It's all the same thing, but it's the ability to do it. Yeah. And sometimes it's like the last thing you think of when you are going through some type of emotional trauma, whether it's personal or political or whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, you don't think of that. So this is just one other idea that you or we came up with to try to get you out of that place. And if you're stuck. If you're stuck and if you're already like, hey, I got this. I am, you know, I have my focus. I know what my intention is. I'm in my flow. I'm in my groove. More power to you because I want to tell you if you are, you are creating a huge ripple effect with that. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling like, it doesn't mean that you're feeling 100% all the time. It just means if you are clear about your intention. And this is the next thing that that we wanted to talk about is um, regardless of what time we're in, um, you know, what's going on in the world, sometimes there's a big focus on what we are against rather than what we are for. And what we know psychologically, spiritually, just research-wise, whatever we focus on tends to grow. So instead of being focused on being against something, we have to be intentional about what we are for. Right. And so the key is, is to channel your energy, your um, interests, your information, all of your power toward what you are for. Right. And sometimes it's just simple word change. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a couple of years ago, maybe this was probably four or five years ago, there was this wonderful girl who started this page um, called, I think it was something like A Million Moms Against Hate. Yeah. And she reached out to me and said, what do you think about this page? You know, will you join? Uh, and and obviously I was a very connected to what she wanted to do. Yeah. But the first thing I said to her, and I don't think I was the only one, was let's change the language so it's A Million Moms for Love. Yeah. Because against hate, just right when I even say that language, there's this negativity. There's this energetic f- drop down. Were well, you ready for some definitions of anti versus pro on a Webster's Dictionary? Please. Anti is a prefix meaning against, opposed to, prejudicial, preventing, counteracting, mitigating, destroying, or disabling. Okay. Pro is meaning or advancing or projecting forward or outward. Beautiful. Right? Beautiful. So it's what do we want to project outward? What do we want to have our reality be? Because that's where we focus. So uh, there's some things, some steps you can take. Todd loves steps. I do. Bullet points. So here's some steps you can take to keep you focused on what you want. Okay. So first of all, you have to notice, number one, notice you are in a state of fight or flight or freeze. Take a deep breath, focus on the exhale and ask yourself, what can I do right now for the greater good? Mm. What can I do right now that's of highest service? How can I help? Just that question shifts your brain to a different place. If it be to that creative place, because you're asking the question, what can I do? That by nature is imagination and creativity, but it also gets you out of that fight or flight. What is for the greater good. Well, and it's the process of asking that question. Not There's no action. This no. is not the action stuff. This is not behaving. This is asking a question inside your brain. That's right. And 
asking that question shifts your energy. So these are all like overlapping things. So you're like, well, I want to shift my energy. Well, you got to take a breath and ask this question. Mm -hmm. And then once you ask the question of what's for the greatest good, that can shift your energy too. So you're kind of keeping your place, you know, keeping yourself in that place. Um, So... Once that answer comes, it shifts your focus to more of a vision, a purpose, a, a curiosity. You know, we talked about being curious yeah. and possibility. Every we're 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 in a dream. You know, everything is possible. Mm. And so when we get really stuck on, you know, there's no way this is going to happen or this won't work. Everything is possible always. Aren't you taking a vitamin that's helping you dream more vividly? Um, no, I'm taking magnesium. Oh, that's and, not a vitamin? Well, it's a, you know what? It probably it's is an a vitamin. I remember I was in chemistry class. Magnesium was one of the elements. Yes. As women get older, and maybe women of all ages, but I just know being in my 40s that it, having magnesium is is important. Mm. Um, it's something that your body needs to keep, you know, staying healthy, turn over cells. Well, and the only reason I bring that up is because that's another way to get out of our logical, practical brain. Yes. Anyways. Yes. And what Todd's speaking to, though, is I now my body, I think, is adjusted to the amount that I put in my tea because for a while there, my dreams were cuckoo. Yeah. They were like crazy vivid dreams. So they weren't necessarily scary. Yeah. They were just so like three-dimensional. I got to start taking this stuff. Well, it, yeah, it was like colorful and I would wake up and be like, man, that was a crazy dream. Right. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So um, here's the next one. Very similar, but again, bear with us because things sound different to people depending on how it's said. Notice when you are focused on what you don't want Exhale deeply and go back to your state of wonder. Before you go to bed, take a shower, exercise, do something you love, take a moment to wonder about what you could want. Let it go and then notice what comes in. In that moment, also through your sleep. So it's similar to taking a breath and saying what's for the greater good. But if you're not going to ask the question what's for the greater good, greater good, maybe just allow yourself to go into that state of wonder. Yeah. Were you going to play something? Let it go, <laughs> let it go, can't hold it back anymore. Okay, so this one is big, Todd. You ready for this one? Ready. Before you make a phone call, write an email, put something on social networking, have a conversation, or open the door to go to a meeting. Take a moment to ask yourself what truly matters to you and what is the result that you want. Say that again. Before you make a phone call, yeah. write an email, put something on social networking, have a conversation, or open a door to go into the meeting, take a moment to ask yourself what truly matters to you and what is the result you want. I love that, except it's too many things in that bullet point list because if that's the case, I'm going to be asking myself all freaking day. Then do it. I would rather focus on one of those seven. Okay. Some people might be able to how do much? How many phone calls do you make a day? Not too many. Okay. So how much do you go on social networking? A lot. Okay. So use social networking and email. Just focus there. Okay. Those two, social networking and email. Before you use them, think about what's truly important to you and what's the result you're looking for. If you are looking for more love, you've got to use love. Mm. If you are looking for more understanding, then you've got to use understanding. We keep thinking that if we fight and come after enough, that we're somehow going to win. Mm-hmm. And we could win an argument, maybe, 
you know, or maybe there's battles that get won that way. I've, you know, we've witnessed that. But is that what we're trying to create in the world? Right. We've got to, we've got to bring Gandhi into the room. Mm-hmm. We've got to be the change that we are looking for. We have to become it. We don't spout about it and then do the same thing that maybe we are trying to, something we're trying to change. Yeah. We've got to be the change. Yeah. And this show, upon origination, where that, you know, when this show originated, the whole focus was how to do this with our children, because that's where we start, right? Yeah. How to be the person that we are hoping they can embody in themselves. Meaning we be kind, so they become kind. We understand ourselves, so they understand themselves. That's what this show was about, right? Right. right. As we've gone on for six years, we've realized that obviously with our children, that is our most important job, but that this extends to everything, your partner, your friends, the people at work, the people across the aisle, the people who live in different states, the people who live in different countries. We have to extend ourselves in a way, in the same way that we are expecting back, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's just, you know, on the micro or the macro level, like, you know, protest rallies going against anything is, it's the same as when you're telling your kid to do one thing, but you're doing something else. So just for clarity, it doesn't mean a rally is bad. Mm -hmm. What it means is what's the intention of it? We want what? And not just the intention, literally the language language. that gets used. Intention is important, but the language that gets used, we're like, well, well, they know what I mean. Actually, we're saying that's not true. If you use specific language, if you are pro-peace, that's going to carry a you're going to get it to a different place if you do a pro-peace rally versus an anti-war rally. Because that word peace and that word pro and that word love, they have a different vibration. Words are things. Words are energy. They carry vibration and they take us to a certain place. So if you use negative words, then you're already reaching people at their lowest vibration. You want to reach people at a higher vibration. People who say, I want to be a part of that. You know, me personally, when I hear hateful things, I I like to turn away Mm -hmm. because it's too painful. When I hear love-infused things, I'm like, give me more of that. So that's the energy that you want to bring to any kind of process. And I'm like Todd said, micro or macro. So, and this really is important. Like, you know, we were talking with a friend this morning. We actually, just as a little interruption to that, we just got back from the Weston in Lombard, which is where we are having the uh, Zen Parenting Conference. Where February we, 24th and 25th. It's where we had it last year. It's where we're having it this year. And it's such a beautiful space. And I had forgotten what a beautiful space it was. I really had. Like, it is so light. Mm-hmm. It, there's so much light and openness and beauty. And the people there are so lovely. And the ceilings are so high. And everything is so... Um, it feels so good. Yeah. And it just sets such a nice tone for what we are going to be bringing into that space. Um, goodness, you know, we've got Rob Bell talking about love and waking up. And we've got Rosalind Wiseman talking about character and decency and dignity. And we've got Ali Smith talking about mindfulness and meditation and connection. And this is, you know, this is what we're going to be bringing into a space that's already beautiful. Can you imagine the vibration? Right. And we want you there. We do. 
November, Authors Bloggers Month. Oh, yes. What's that all about? So this month, November, is um, Author Bloggers Month, which means if you are a writer, if you have a book or have had a book or you write a blog... And we would like to have you at the conference, especially if you have a message that is so similar that you want to share with like-minded people and get to know your peers who do similar work. And this is what we're offering. Um, if you want a ticket, you can get a discounted ticket. Then you can get either an author or bagger ribbon, bagger, blogger. Blogger ribbon. <laughs> author or blogger ribbon on your badge. And then you can also get um, something to put in. You can put something in our yeah, bag. To promote your business. Our giveaway. If you would like even more than that, you'd like a table where you can really interact with people and people can come look at your work, then we're, we're offering a discount for that. It's different than vendorship. It's an author table yeah. or a blogger table. Um, but you get a table and again, the same thing. You get um, tickets come with that mm -hmm. and then you get something on your badge and then you get something in the bag. So if any of that, is, if you know, not only if you're a blogger or an author, if you know anybody who's a blogger or an author, we encourage you to share that with... Um, your friends who you know. And our intent is to try to bring as many of these positive people together in one place for two days in February in Chicago. So email us at, at comments at zenparentingradio.com and we can do, uh, we'll work with you as best we can. If you have a message of love, you want to be here. And when I say love, I'm talking about families. I'm talking about community. I'm talking about connection. Like if you have a message of that kind of inclusiveness, then please come. Please come. Are you going to play something? Feels so good. So good. This should be our... Um... Here we go. I used to think I like David Lee Roth better, but I like Sammy Hagar Sammy. better. I know for some that that hurts, but I love Sammy's albums. Yeah. This song is so great. It is. Maybe we'll play this at the conference. Should we? Maybe. All right. I thought you were going to play Love Comes Walking In. Maybe I will. Here's another. Well, there's going to be commercials, I think. Oh, okay. Are there going to be commercials? I don't know. This is not Love Comes Walking In. But this but is another great one. It's another Sammy Hagar Van Halen song. I know. And it's called When It's Love. I know. I think this also reminds me of a time of my life. Do we have a little nostalgia connected to this, possibly? I don't know. You remember everything according to music. I don't. I do. It's it... kind of an inspirational oh, pick-me-up yeah. song. This show is brought to you by Van Halen. <laughs> Not really, but... Not really. <laughs> Sammy's got that hay down. He uses that hay That's a lot. That's his thing. It's his signature. He does. Go ahead, sing it, sweetie. You're saying create some art. Let's hear you sing. All right. All right. So here's why that is important. Because, you know, we were talking about author and bloggers being at the conference. And the reason I brought that up, there was a reason. It's because if you are part of a business or an organization, you may want to make it a practice to think about what it, what your organization or business truly means to you 
and what you are truly trying to offer to your customers and your suppliers and your employees and your investors. Like, what is it? I, I actually just was uh, listening to an old podcast that um, Alec Baldwin did with um, Howard Schultz, who is the CEO of Starbucks. And I love the interview. I've listened to it about three or four times. And one of the things that I picked up this time that I thought was so valuable was he Howard Schultz kind of says like it's kind of a side note, but it's probably the most important part of why he does what he does. Alec asked him a question about, you know, tell me why you're making all these choices because here Starbucks is giving health care to everybody. Right. Their new thing is they're sending their employees to college. Crazy. Free tuition. And they have all these like innovative ideas that cost them a lot of money. Yeah. And so the question is, but let me also say it's costing them a lot of money there, but they're making more money than mm. ever. Yep. He said, you know, why do you do these things? And and Howard Schultz says, I wanted to create a company that my dad always wanted to work for. Mm. Like that is his vision and his mission is he wanted to create a compassionate corporate environment, a compassionate company that was, of course, focused on making money because there's that's that's the intent, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you start a business because you want to be able to feed your family and help other people feed their families. You got to make money but that your intention and your mission is compassionate. So for those of you who have a business and you can start focusing, even just little tweaks, you don't have to go back and rewrite the whole mission statement unless you want to. Um, Todd and I are, are, we've written a mission statement, but we're still tweaking it because new language comes in. What did we come up with this morning or do you not want to? Well, the thing that, that I realized this morning for our mission statement is a lot of times we write things like, oh, we want to change the world by. There's something that sounds really heavy to okay. me when it says, you know, changing the world. Yeah. Not because I don't believe we can, because I believe that everything has a ripple effect, but there's something for me that is starting more simple with the recognition that the simple changes the world. Mm -hmm. So we were thinking about, you know, saying something in the effect of creating a place where people can remember. Oh yeah, that's right. And creating a place, what do we mean by creating a place where people can remember? Well, creating a place is this podcast. This podcast is a place. So as you're listening, this is a place you can go when you need to feel outstanding or when you need to have a distraction or when you need to focus on love. Um, We also want to create a place through the conference, a place you can go that's live where you can meet people and hug people and talk to people and learn from people. We also have these community screenings where people can come watch a documentary that means something, something that can be world-changing, something that can empower us. We also do classes, and Todd does coaching, and I do sessions with people, and he has a men's group, and I have a women's group. We're trying to create these places. Where people remember. And and the question is, you know, we kept going back and forth about this, remember what? Remember and, everything. Yeah, well, remember whatever it is that you're trying to remember, which is maybe who you, maybe you've forgotten who you are. Maybe you've forgotten what your priorities are. You know, as a dad, sometimes I value my job a lot more than I do my children. Not literally, but right. by action you yeah. are. Well, yeah, yeah, and you get distracted or you get lost or I feel like my paycheck is more important than connecting with my daughter reading a book with her. Right. So remember that, or it doesn't really remember. Remembering to go back to self, remembering that love is the answer, remembering that um, relationship is why we're here, remembering that, you know, connection is the key, you know, all remembering that listening is how we create relationship. Mm -hmm. All of these things are what we're trying to remember. So that to me, 
because all of those things do change the world, I'd rather focus on the place to remember. Yeah. So that's what we were talking about with mission statements. So for those of you who have a business, it's either by tweaking your mission statement and so your focus becomes more aligned with those words, or it's just in your action. You know, what is it that you, when you're going into a meeting, what are you trying to do in that meeting? You know, so many people in meetings are just trying to posture. Hmm. Like, let me just demonstrate how I know this or how I don't need this or I don't need you or I'm better. And what's happening there? And but it's so it's such a part of the culture that nobody is shaking it up. Mm. Nobody is going in and saying, well, I don't, you know. I'll give you an example. Okay, please. I'm part of uh, a company called JVI and we have these committee days, which is a bunch of meetings all compressed into a few days. And I'm in all these meetings and I realize that a lot of these meetings are terribly boring. One of them is called the erection committee. Yes, because we erect precast <laughs> concrete and we build parking garages and things like that. So there is an erection committee. I always ask Todd if he's on that committee. Kathy still laughs at. Um <laughs> I started the meeting showing two videos, uh, and one was that uh, we played it at the conference last year with that guy, that Asian guy. Oh, that yeah, commercial. the Thai commercial. And it's just this amazingly inspirational commercial mm -hmm. about how this guy just walks around and does giving all this. Giving love. Giving love. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was... Um, uh, basically a video testimonial showing that the world is, you know, random acts of kindness caught on security cameras mm -hmm. where these people are doing these things out of love and nobody's watching them. It just happens to be captured on a security camera, whether it's somebody holding a door open, somebody getting out of their car, getting another, there's a train that's going to come by. The person helps push the car out of the way before the train. I mean, these miraculous uh, unselfish acts. Mm -hmm. So I started my meeting that way. And half the people in the room are like, what did I sign up for? This right. is supposed to be a boring precast concrete meeting. And I'm like, forget it. I'm going to rewrite what a meeting looks like. That's right. And we all have these opportunities instead of conforming to what right. we're used to. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me a while to gain the confidence to not care what people think about my meetings. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have been able to do it 10 years ago. But now I'm like, whatever, who cares? Well, and what I find so funny is, you know, because I work with a lot of people who present or speak for a living, you know, they're my peers. And I and some people will say, well, you know, this meeting, it, it didn't really make that much difference. So I just went in and I was totally myself and, you know, just did whatever I wanted. But this meeting, it was so important. I made sure it was really structured and that I knew exactly what I was going to say and that I had a teleprompter. And I'm, I'm like, wait, why in the one that you care about more – are you showing up all stiff and yeah. not real? Yeah. And in the ones that you're less concerned about, you're showing up as yourself. Yeah. That to me seems a little backwards. It is. Or at least try to not try, you know, as Yoda would say, try. Try not. Do or do not. That's right. Do like be yourself in both. Like one may be a smaller presentation, but it doesn't mean that you want to show up any less interested. And one that's large, the way that you are going to grab people is if you're yourself and you're vulnerable. That's what people want to see. We are at our best when we are letting energy come through us. Yes. And when we are worried about following a certain structure, we are blocking. That's right. We literally, and I can say this as a writer, sometimes when I sit down to write and I'm like, it's got to look this way. I, I didn't do well writing for other people. I did that for a few years where right. I would have to like turn in an article and people would tell me what to write. Yeah. I didn't do very well because yeah. I was instantly blocked before I even started. I was like, okay, they want it to look this way. They want it to sound this way. And I do so much better if it's just a stream of consciousness writing. And then of course I 
figure out how to make it more concise and more reader friendly. It's not as if I, you know, just you know, leave it all out there for someone else to figure out. I try and make it more concise. Right. But the point is is that that's what people want. Even if you know, we'll say, well, who cares about our experience? Our experience is connected to other people's experiences. They can maybe not relate to the specific thing we're writing about or talking mm-hmm. about, but there's some part of them that they understand. I wanted to play Yoda, but it's a minute and a half, and I don't know. It's the part where he says uh, a Jedi allows the Force to flow through him. Okay, give it you a go. go for it? Yes, a Jedi's strength flows from the Force. Is the dark side stronger? No, no. Busier, more seductive. But how am I to know the good sides from the bad? You will know when you are calm, at peace, passive. Mm. A Jedi uses the force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. Wouldn't it be great if we all had a Master Yoda to talk to us? Yes. I do wish that Master Yoda would talk to us. He just simplifies but, but everything. But the thing is, he is. Like, that's the thing is, we're like, he gosh, is. I wish we had Yoda. Well, he's right there. Yeah, I know. Like, we have Yoda. I know. I just want him on the backpack like Luke is going through the swamp. Right. You I just want, want him, him talk. I want there to be a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And instead, it's me pulling up YouTube clips. True. But, Todd, I'm going to take it a step deeper. The dialogue is inside of you. I know. Yoda is just a piece of us. Yeah. Yoda is the personification of that part of us that understands all of the things he's saying. So the practice is put... Put a like a stuffed animal Yoda on your back, <laughs> and or like you know so we have a, a good friend who has a big Yoda tattoo on her foot. Yeah, like carry Yoda with you in a different way. Yeah, I need like a little uh, miniature Yoda to put in my hand. I'm sure they sell them, right? Like the Goofy I gave. Yeah, you. like the little Goofy. Because Todd wanted to feel a little Goofy. <laughs> I know. You want to feel a little Goofy. <laughs> So he had a goofy thing in his hand. Anyway, that's, yeah, you just find a little, or a Yoda pin. No, no, it needs to be a little figure. You need Like to a little Star him. Wars figure. Yeah, that's pretty easy to do. All right, that's my plan for today. Yeah. I got a busy day. <laughs> Go. I got things I, I got, need I got to things do. things I got to do. Yes. And so basically... Yeah, what else do we got on this bullet points? Is really, that it? You know, I feel like a lot of it's repetitious and maybe I'll just, you know, cons- I'll just make it more concise this way. Have an intention of what you really want before you say something. Know what you are trying to create so you can create it first. Yeah. Otherwise, it's probably not going to happen. This is like business planning 101. Is right. you got to know where you want to go in order to get to where you want to go. That's right. Like you, you Most have of to us are vision. just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Right. Um, whether it's a challenging conversation with a friend who maybe disagrees with you about something, you know, or dealing with your kid, you know, your kid's driving you nuts for whatever reason. They didn't make their bed. They didn't clean the room, whatever. Have an intention before you have that conversation with them. That's right. I struggle with that all the time. That's right. Yeah. And that's the thing is that we are on autopilot in our lives. We feel so busy and stressed and overwhelmed that we forget to ha- be thoughtful about what it is we're trying to create. Yeah. And and sometimes when we are in fear, it can really be all-encompassing. It just is all-encompassing. That's yeah. what fear is. Um, but we have to be willing to take that breath and say, what is for the greater good right now? And you know what's always through the greater good, for the greater good? Calming down, taking a breath, 
and then going from that place. Uh, shameless plug. Let's hear it. Um, the tribe men's group unplug, unwind, and recharge retreat. We're asking for our deposits by this Thursday. So if there's any men out there that want to do exactly what we've been talking on, about on this podcast and taking a breath and kind of recentering and figuring out where you want to go, this is one of those options. So if that interests you at all, at all go to the tribemensgroup.com. You know what? I think this is really good. This was one of the bullet points that I didn't read, but I think this is good. It says, tell your story. You know you are focused on what you want when you can fully describe what you are doing and how you are being in the moments of your day that moves you in the direction of what you want. Mm -hmm. When every member of your family or your organization can tell the story of how what they do contributes to their success and to your family or the organization's success. When you can tell the story of how each asset you own, each dollar spent, and each resource that you use, human or otherwise, contributes to the results, that's the fulfillment you want. So basically, that's just being really transparent yeah. and thoughtful and intentional and slow. You know, you guys know, if you listen to this show, that I have turtles all over the place. I have a turtle that sits above me where I sleep. I have a turtle in my meditation area. I have turtles on my vision board. And the turtle, for me, I know it means many things, but it's a representation of breathe and slow down. Mm, yeah. You know, Symbolic. it is the turtle by taking its time will win the race, but not everything is about winning. <laughs> right. Sometimes it's just about moving at a pace that is correct for human beings, yeah. which is gently, slowly, thoughtfully, mindfully. I think I would struggle being a turtle because he or she moves so slow but one thing would be cool is you can just go to sleep whenever. I know. That's like the best. I know. You know, you can go to sleep whenever because you can just go inside your yeah, shell. Yeah, you go home and you're home. <laughs> you have a little more like fox energy, rabbit energy. You're yeah. a little more fast paced kind of guy. Got to move it. I, I like know. to move it. I have a it. funny story for you guys. So you guys, if you've listened to our show, you know that one of Todd's, but one of our best friends is Charlie Donnelly. And he's a uh, he's a writer. He writes novels. He wrote Summit Lake. For those of you who read it, he was we on had our him on show. The show yeah. And he's got another huge book coming out. He's it's it's huge. Um, and he came over, he and uh, Todd's other friend, Jim, came over the other day and they were trying to figure out what to do. And Todd said, what do you guys want to do? And Todd said, why, why don't we play pickleball? And Charlie said- and Pickleball is like a, a, it's like tennis, but on a smaller court. But. Right. And so it's an active, got to go outside, got to sweat. And Charlie had shown up in like his nice clothes and he was really hungry and he wanted to eat and sit and talk. He goes, you know, out of all the options you're giving me, the one I don't want to do is play pickleball. And all of a sudden Todd starts saying- you know what? We just really need to play pickleball. Yeah. And he made them go play. And when Charlie came back, he sat down. He's like, Kathy, the one thing I didn't want to do, and I had to go do it, and now I'm sweaty in these clothes and, on your couch. And he's still hungry. And he's, he hasn't eaten yet. And it made me laugh because I said, that is who I'm married to. He needs to move. And really, when he's asking you the question, he's not really asking. He's saying... How are we going to go move today? Well, it was nice out, so we had to get outside, <laughs> regardless of what my friends wanted to do. Well, and the truth is, I think they probably had a great time. Oh, they were both happy that we did that. But yeah. that's an interesting, quick relationship thing, is I'm not trying to change you to be more busy, on the go, running, no. active. You're not trying to change me. But there are times when I get annoyed at you and you get annoyed sure. at me because I want what I want and you want what you want. The idea is for us to make space for each other's needs. Well, and I, I will shift that word and you just use the word I would use. It's what I need. Mm -hmm. Like when I am having 
sometimes when I'm in a really good place, I need quiet. And sometimes when I'm in a really bad place, I need quiet. And if you were like, no, go outside, take a walk, do this, do this. That may be something I choose, but don't force me to take on your way. Mm. Because a lot of us have ways that we deal with our either comfort or discomfort. And we will say, because that works for me, it works for everybody. And that's not always the case. Like sometimes I really need to sit and please don't tell me to be active Mm. because that's not what my body needs. I need to be contemplative first, contemplative, and then I can go be active. And for Todd, I think, I'll I'll speak for you, activity allows you to be contemplative. I get stuck when I get contemplative. Right. When I'm moving, I'm more in my flow. Right. That doesn't mean that there's not a place for me to be contemplative and there's not a place for you to be active. No, I eventually need to move. But my, my, my default is move it. Right. I like to move. Um, move. Can we transfer over to quick listeners' questions sure. and then we'll close the show? Go ahead. Because I think it's kind questions of questions or question. Question. Okay. Um, and I think it has to do with what we've been talking about today. Okay, coincidentally, good. it's a wonderful listener of ours. I don't know if I'm allowed to use her name, so I won't do it. But she's a stay-at-home mom with two kids, married to her best friend. She's a small business owner and very happy with her home situation. Nice. Everything's great. Her toddler, though. Yeah. Loves her to pieces, obviously, but she's two and a half, screams and yells all the time. She's always been fussy. I thought it was a baby thing. It's not. I am not a screamer, nor can I tolerate it. It gives me unbearable anxiety. My parents yelled a lot, and I do yell when I am pushed to the brink, but it is not a daily parenting procedure of mine. We talk, we laugh, we love, but ugh, the yelling. Holding the belief that I trust my daughter needs to be herself and express her temperament is starting to feel like it's at the expense of my well-being. Mm. How do I accept this and let it go and feel it when it tenses me up and physically makes me dizzy? I engage her quietly, get her, get to her level to speak, look into her eyes when such a when she's freaking, it's no use. I already meditate, go to yoga, have a very balanced life, but it's such a hold on me. Thanks. Well, it's. I think you're right. I think it does have to do with this. Instead of how do I get my daughter to stop screaming, it's how do I help my daughter find other tools for her emotions? So it's really just a shift in what you're going to focus on. Okay. Because if we're like pushing against something, anything we resist persists. Right. And if we're trying to repress something in her, she's going to say, you're not hearing me. So instead, it's when she is having an emotional... How old is she again? Two and a half. Two and a half. So she's at an age where you can definitely talk to her about these things and, and share with her and give her some, you know, some tools like teaching her to breathe. And she may not, in the moment of the screaming, mm-hmm. be able to hear you very well. So you have to take the opportunities when she's calm to say, I want to teach you some new things Uh, that will help you when you are upset and maybe even connect things to things she loves, like connect. If she has a stuffed animal she loves, then teach her that when she's feeling upset, she hugs her bear and breathes. And so she can do both together you know, like start to make some, you know, connections with here's two things I can do at the same time. And that every time she's with her bear, then she has that Pavlov's dog effect of I'm going to breathe, you know, and, or maybe that when she's not having a tantrum to have her draw about her feelings or asking her, tell me about those feelings. Wow. This morning, talk to me about those feelings. So she has another way to express the way she's feeling, not in the moment of, fear and non-clarity for her, but outside of that time. Those are all really good suggestions, and I think that this will help her. But let me change the question. Okay. Let's say she's not two and a half, but instead she's 12 and a half. Same thing. 
but you're not going to say draw these pictures, are you? I well, you I may not say draw these pictures, like, but the what intention are some other, will be the same. What are some? Yeah, the intention is exactly right. the same. I'm more like practically speaking, when you have like a teenager, a 13 right. year old struggling in whatever way. Like how can I help my 12 year old manage her emotions in a way that's healthy for her and the family? And again, the the thing that is the same is that these things need to be talked about outside of the difficult moment. A lot of times, a lot of times parents will say to me, if my child's doing okay, I'm not bringing anything up because I'm enjoying this calm and I'm not going to, you know, awaken the Mm. dragon. But When we do that, we're tiptoeing around and we're walking on eggshells and we're not dealing with what's really happening. Now, here's the difference. With the two-and-a-half-year-old, there is a very strong – it's actually a probability that maturity is going to take over. And I'm not saying she won't ever have emotional experiences, but she may not do it the way – that she's doing it now. Right. She's going to have more tools. Yeah. So her mature brain will take over a little more. Yeah, there's a light at the end of the tunnel there is. with a two-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah. Whereas... With a 12-year-old... There's still a light, but it's it, the tunnel's longer. The tunnel is more interesting. Yeah. Because the tunnel most likely involves you. Yeah. The, the tunnel involves a learned way of experiencing emotion. Yeah. And, and again, when I say involves you, I don't mean you're to blame. I mean that what's your responsibility as far as the energy you're bringing to that situation? Because a 12-year-old, their brain can manage emotional fluctuation a little better, but they may not yet have the tools to know how to calm themselves down. And so if you are learning how to calm yourself down and you are using breathing or you are using, you know, time for yourself or stillness or quiet um, and not living on autopilot, then they learn how to do that. Again, it's less about teaching and more about living. Yeah. And so modeling, modeling, I think some parents find that really empowering and some find it as another item on their to-do list. They would like a quicker fix. Um, Sometimes parenting isn't the quick fix. It's not. Usually it's not. Parenting is a long, it's like a trajectory. You know, that's not the word. It's a... It's it's always it's forever. It's just shifting your course when you need to. And sadly, sometimes you have to be on. I don't know what was going on. There's something with the girls a night or two ago, and they were fighting. And all of a sudden, it got quiet for a while. I'm like, oh, they figured it out. And you were tired and had a long day, but I found out you were up there talking to them for like 25 minutes for sure. And I was tired and didn't have the energy to do it, nor I was not so inclined to do it. But you you like show up when it's not convenient for you. Yeah. Yeah, And I I, think a lot of us, including me and including you sometimes when you just don't, you don't have it, but being a really good parent is when you're showing up, even though you have no energy to pull from. And that's what's so interesting is what I have found from parenting. And I think a lot of you will agree is when I think I don't have any energy to pull from, I'm wrong. Mm. It's limitless. It's bottomless. There are times when if there's a little more of a choice, I would rather rest. I'm not saying we don't practice self-care. I'm not saying we constantly pull from that bottomless well because sometimes that can make us – that can take us the opposite direction. You've got to find a balance in here. But sometimes when I I have times ingrained in my brain when I've thought to myself, there is nothing more I can give in this situation – and yet I did. Yeah. And so where does that come from? That's that's the love. That's the intention. That's the being aware of what you're there for. And when my girls are arguing, 
a lot of times my first inclination is let them handle it because I believe they already have a lot of great tools. But when I can hear things going off the rails, my intention is not to go in and yell at them and say, stop yelling and make them feel guilty and shame-filled. My intention is to be a mediator. Mm -hmm. My intention is to say, what really happened here? And you're angry about what exactly? And initially they stay on that surface level. Yeah. And the more you ask the questions and the calmer I am and and non-judgmental and non-blaming I am, the truth comes out. Mm. And it's usually, I'd say 98% of the time, not about what they're fighting about. Yeah. It's about, I don't feel you're hearing me. I don't feel, hear, I don't think you're seeing me. This morning you didn't uh, listen to me, so I'm not listening to you tonight. It's, there's a story there. Well, and if you look at it, like these are the opportunities to kind of get to the bottom of something because this is when they're raw and vulnerable is when they're fighting. Right. And uh, this, if you look at it like, okay, maybe I can dig a few layers below in this situation. Um, whereas when everything's fine, you don't have those opportunities. And and that's the thing. The key to that is our energy. If you go in there and your first instinct is, I'm going to yell at you, I'm going to tell you to shut up, I'm going to tell you you guys are too loud, I'm going to tell you you guys need to, you know, that you're disrespectful. If you bring in energy of the same kind of fighting then all this stuff we're talking about isn't going to work because then you're just bringing in more fighting energy. But if you come in calm and say, wait, 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 you know, what's going on, ladies? I have two girls, I have three girls, so I say ladies. You know, what? how can I help? And sometimes I sit on the floor and you guys, that's intentional. I'm getting lower than them. And you may say lower, well, lower's bad. I mean, I'm getting to a place where I'm in a vulnerable place, where I'm not overpowering. I'm sitting on the floor and I'm like, tell me what's going on. Or you, you know? do what I did yesterday. What? Um, I We drove somewhere, me and the girls, uh-huh. and there was a fight for who was riding in the front seat. Yeah. And I didn't want to deal with it. Uh-huh. So- You flipped a coin. No. Oh. I just left the car. <laughs> who drove? Um, I, I actually, um, threw something out in the garbage can, Oh, hoping that it would be solved by the time I got back. And it was. And that's kind of the thing is I think a and lot of- it's not of, your way or my uh-uh. way. There's times when you just, cause I feel like a lot of times they're fighting for the attention of the parent. Correct. And as soon as I left, I think it, the energy diffused a little. Now, sometimes it'll go the other way and right. it'll escalate, but in that situation, it worked. Right. And in your situation, when you get down to their level, that works too. You got to have this intuition- and mine was probably more out of sheer laziness and complacency, but it worked anyways. I just get out of there. And that's the thing is I, I really do believe that our children, our really young children are developing their tools and trying some tools and they may need a little more support from us, like the two-year-olds. But as they get older, they have some tools and they really do. Like a lot of times what I leave the girls with when they try and bring me into their arguments is I'll say, you guys know what to do. We've done this before. Like I act as if been there, done that. Mm-hmm. We know what to do, yeah. which is listen to each other. Like the things with the the car, we've talked about rotating, taking turns. Like yeah. there's not a time just because you want to sit in the front doesn't mean you get to. If it's not your turn, then you have to acknowledge that there's other people here. Yeah. This is where it begins, you guys. All these feelings you may be having right now about you know, people who are arguing or not getting along. It starts in how we manage this in our own homes. Do we give our children tools to deal with conflict or do we create conflict for them and then send them out in the world with that conflictual type of interaction 
We've got to offer them something different. And not even just through teaching them, taking them, helping them get to that place in themselves, because they have it too. All the, you know, there's not a human being who doesn't have the capability to go to their art and their creativity and their goodness and their love. Every person has that capability. The question is, do they take that right. option? Right. That's the question. Right. Not whether or not it's possible, but do they take that route? Um, I think we're done. Okay. Um, so the only other shout out I want to give is if you are coming to the conference or thinking about coming to the conference or you're not coming to the conference, but you want to support us, we do have a scholarship fund on our uh, registration page for moms and dads and people who can't afford to go to the conference. It's called the Zen Friend, and it's a line item on our registration page. And you can find that at zengetsreal.com. And that is so vital, especially now, you know, talk about adding to our mission statement. Todd and I want anybody who wants to be... To go, to go. In this place, to go, to go. Yeah. Um, so we, we can... We have to be smart about that, though, because if we bankrupt ourselves, we can't do this again. And we again. won't do this in 2018. Yeah. So. so we have to be thoughtful about how we can come together so we can take care of each other. Yeah. Let's take care of each other. Let's make sure we'll do what we can do to make those changes and to create the environment. And then let's help other people get there. And get. And if you can afford a ticket, get one and tell other people about it and bring people in. And if for whatever reason you don't have any intention on in coming to the conference, but you really get some value out of the podcast, I personally would love it if you found it in your heart to help out friend. the scholarship fund. Mm -hmm. It would really mean a lot to us. And we'll, na we'll na uh, mention your name on the show. So then you'll be famous. And you'll be in our program at the conference. Your That's name true. will be. So there's like two ways that I know you're not doing it completely for that, for that right. but I think it helps and it, it reminds us of who, who the thoughtful people who are helpful to us. And so that's it. That's it. So we're going to close with one more Sammy Hagar song. I was hoping you would which, do that. Which is the one you wanted? I, well, I said love comes walking in, but I love them all. That's it. Um, we have a great interview this Friday with Alexa James from oh, NAMI. Yes, don't miss our show this Friday. Have a wonderful week. Remember your love, everybody. Go to it. Take a breath. Stay there. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it and we hope you'll join us next time. 
If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also just tell a friend about our show. That's our favorite kind of marketing. Todd and I do speaking engagements about Zen parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or organization, contact us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. And get your early bird tickets for our big Let's Get Real Zen Parenting Conference February 24th and 25th at the Westin in Lombard. Todd and I will be speaking Friday night, and we have Rob Bell, Rosalind Wiseman, and Ali Smith as our keynotes on Saturday. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or Amazon. If you're a guy, I have two resources for you. I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys. <laughs> On the phone, Skype, or in person, we set goals together and come up with a plan to meet those goals. The website is toddadamscoaching.com. And we also have a monthly men's group. So if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out the tribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop on Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you want an amazing vehicle to teach your kids about money management, go to the lower right-hand side of our homepage and click on the FAMZOO logo and enter Zen Finance as a promo code. I want to give a special thanks to our three partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, John J. Kelly Dentistry, and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking.